Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. And this is another episode in the series for International Women's Day. And today I'm speaking to a very special lady. We've only connected for this collaboration, but I see us working in the future quite a lot together because she's so inspiring. Today I'm speaking to Patty Lawrence. Welcome, Patty. Thank you so much, Pearl. It's an honour to be here. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to this. And now what I'm doing, because I started this up on social media, instead of asking my guests to give me a long introduction as to what they do, I'm going to social media and I'm going to read off your LinkedIn profile because it is fantastic. And I want all the listeners to pick up on this. Now, Patty helps business owners trust their financial reports so that they can grow with complete confidence. Now, if you go and follow her on LinkedIn and see the fantastic skill set she's got, all the connections she's had, all the examples and information I recommend you look for Patty Lawrence on LinkedIn and make sure you connect with her because she's going to help you in so many different ways. So welcome, Patty. Thank you so much. That's making me blush. <laughs> now, I'm going to I'm going to start like I've done every one of these interviews in this series. Because it's International Women's Day and we don't know who our potential audience could be. And I say to all the listeners, if you're listening and you've got a young lady, a young girl in your family or friends that you think would really benefit from listening to these episodes, please share them with them because it's a way to empower someone. They might be choosing their first options. They might be choosing where are they going to go? What <laughs> subjects do they need to study? So with that in mind, Patty, could you give us an idea of what your career path is? What is the story for Patty Lawrence, please? I love it. Thank you so much, Pearl. And I, by the way, <clears throat> I love the title, Pearls of Wisdom. That That's awesome. And it's so appropriate right now for the series that you're doing for International Women's Day. So I love that. And I love that um, all of your guests will be sharing so much information for young women to help guide them. So to them, it, they will be pearls of wisdom. So thank you for being that gift for people. Thank you. <laughs> So, um, so my career path started um, in uh, actually as an ouch, offshoot of my father's well drilling business. So I learned a little bit working during the summers for him, and I I learned to really enjoy the office slash accounting aspect of it. So that was the that was the path I chose in college. So once I graduated from college, I decided I really wanted to go not the CPA path, which is more of a um, a, a, a uh, 
you know, audit and tax and, and compliance type work. I just I really didn't want to do, go that route. I really was interested in industry. I was, I was very interested in tangible things that I would be uh, using my newfound uh, degree <laughs> um, to assist businesses. So in the, in their financial functions. So um, my first job out of college was with um, a fortune 500 company and it was at a plant. It was at a manufacturing facility. And actually all of the career, all of the jobs that I had throughout my corporate years, um, which there were 20 of them, 20 corporate years, (laughs) they're like dog years, Um, 20 years in the corporate world um, and progressing up through, you know, the ranks, but they were all in manufacturing. So, and, and, and we know manufacturing is a kind of a tough, you know, tough place to be. And especially for a woman. And this was, okay, I'll date myself is back in the eighties. <laughs> so um, this was when, what was the me too movement, right? The me too yeah. movement was right now here and now, well, all of that stuff was going on back in the eighties yeah. um, and prior to that. So we all know, we all know what kind of a, um, um, an environment that was, it was, it was pretty tough and it was especially tough for women. Most of the time I found myself the only woman in, uh, in a meeting, um, in the conference room. And, um, you know, that was a, a little bit, um, opening because in college, you don't, you don't really see that. Yeah. You, you don't, you aren't exposed to that very much, but you, you kind of grow up and, and go, okay, I see how this is. No, so that what that does is it 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 forces you to be more confident in yourself. So it, it elevates your self confidence. It definitely elevates your ability to speak, defend a position. Um, your it, it try to um, I guess it shapes your authoritative structure stature yeah. um, because you have to. St- basically have to stand up for yourself because you look around the room, uh, there's not going to be much, you know, much of that uh, coming from the peanut gallery as it were. So uh, I learned that very early on in my career that that was going to be um, very much needed along the way. Not only that, but let's, let's face it, negotiation skills, right? Being able to negotiate your way through um, tough situations to come to a really good agreement, right? A consensus, if you will, something that's going to be a win-win. That's not just all me. Um, we see that, especially if you come from a um, a position with less perceived power and influence, that you need to rely and lean on those kind of skills to really um, take you to the next level. So. Um, those were some of the skills um, that I developed over the 20 years that I was in the um, the corporate world and mo- mo- for the most part in, in manufacturing. So then um, I left my my last corporate job back in 2006 and, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do with my career the more I thought about it, and I was encouraged by another woman who had preceded me out into the into the wild blue yonder, um, providing outsourced controller services to the small and mid-sized businesses because 
they don't get access to that level of expertise. You know, somebody that has 20 years of corporate experience to take that individual and make them make that expertise available on a fractional basis to small and mid-sized companies, unheard of in the early 2000s, right? That, that, well, I say unheard of, but very rare. Yeah. So the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, this has got some legs. There's there's something to that. And the more I got, I kind of got out, out there, right? Um, because I'm a financial person and I have to market. Mm, that's rough. That's, that's some incongruent stuff there. <laughs> so I had to learn that. Um, I started to learn it and then I, I got really smart and I found somebody to do it for me to, to help me through that. So it's really the who, not how, cause uh, you know, I got to, you know, I got to push my business forward. I have to move my business forward. I want to grow my business because I want to be able to help more people, more people to get access to that level of expertise and service that could never hire somebody on a full-time basis. So eventually I founded my company, Turbo Execs, which, you know, is uh, we provide outsourced accounting and CFO services to small and mid-sized businesses in that two to $12 million range. So, you know, they're basically service companies, consultancies, and agencies who need who have that need for somebody at that next level, or what I call the next next level, okay, which is that CFO, it's the strategy, it's the real meat of the, you know, where are we taking the business, or how can I exit the business? But those are the kind of things that we do for our clients. And so along the way, you know, it wasn't until probably about the last five years that I kind of figured out in order to help more people, I'm going to have to get a team. We're going to have to start building team here. And so with the help of my marketing expert, uh, who, by the way, is how we came together, by the way, <laughs> who put us in touch. Um, but she helped me to broaden my thinking and broaden my, uh, let's call it, um, desire to expand and enlist a team of folks to help us to deliver on that mission. So to deliver our services to more and more businesses that previously wouldn't have been able to have access to that level of expertise. And during that, I really, I really kind of looked back on my career, especially in the corporate world, seeing that I didn't have a mentor and I really would have liked to have had one, you know, I didn't have um, you know, it, there weren't a lot of women in manufacturing either, but I also really wanted to create an environment where it was uplifting for women and accommodating in a good way, right? Accommodating to women's needs in the workplace, the flexibility factor. Not everybody has that flexibility. I never had flexibility. Like if I had, if I had a 
childcare issue, I'm staying home. I had to take a take a day off. Um, there was no such thing as work from home because back in you know back in the day, back in the '80s, like if I didn't see you working, you weren't working, right? So that was that was the environment. That was the reality back then, and I really wanted to change that reality going forward with my team. So that is, those are some of the fundamentals that I've built my business on because of, I'll call it the lack of that during the time, you know, during my formative career years, early career years, or first 20 anyway, <laughs> um, that, uh, that I learned what wasn't there and gained an appreciation for what could be there and how I could help change that. Oh, this is absolutely wonderful. And I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. Something I would be interested in, because it's something that I've done recently. When you did that change from corporate to going out almost freelance, whatever, going out on your own. Now, up until when COVID started, I was still contracting for corporate I was lucky enough I go private sector I go public sector and work for some really big companies so it's good on the CV right and because I'd contract I went through my limited company and I was paid a day rate so it worked out it was quite quite a nice sum that would come in and then I thought right I'm going to pivot I'm going to go off and I'm going to work with small individuals just starting up and they say to me what what are your prices? So I tell them and they fall through the floor. And, that's, and you think that I found is the biggest learning curve because I kept thinking, I've got these corporate skills. I'm at the top of my tree. This is what I'm worth. And then you say to someone and they can't afford that. And mm-hmm. then I thought, so I've I've changed slightly and I might offer, say, a training session where I charge a small fee, but I can have 50 people in that room at that time. And so it equates to almost what I used to earn through corporate. How did you find that? Did you find it was a big difference or is it just me and I've done it? No, I I can totally relate to that. And I I will tell you that my marketing genius, she's the guru. um, She helped me to get over that hump because at the beginning of, uh, you know, at the beginning of the only thing I knew was, okay, you're going to have to, you know, express your rate in some hourly fashion, right? So it was an hourly rate and I was on site with clients and yeah, that got old pretty quick. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, as, as we continued to work together and we've been working together since back in 2014, which thank goodness, (laughs) um, is she has helped me to see that, you know, the value-based pricing based on outcomes, right? And deliverables is definitely the way to go. And so along the way, I morphed my pricing from that hourly rate or day rate or however it is, trading time for money, basically, to trading money for outcomes, paying for outcomes. So that's how we deliver on our promise, on our service promise to our clients 
is by setting the scope, set, setting the scope of work, setting out those expectations of what we are going to deliver to our clients. And then everything else falls into place. So as long as we are, and those are, those are up to us to, me- well, and they're up to the client to measure as well, but that's what we deliver against day in and day out. And we are totally focused on that. So that's been a journey for me. So I, I, you know, I, Pearl, I can totally (laughs) understand where you're coming from. And that was a lot of stress that was for me from a financial person, you know, coming from a corporate background, having to go out and sell. I was like, are you kidding me? That is, I I hate selling. I hate selling it. my my marketing person Samantha will will hear me say that because she knows she knows I hated to do that and now I've come full circle with her help that I I like it I enjoy it now I enjoy having those convert their conversations right let's boil them down to what they are it is not a hard sell it is meeting people where they are understanding what their issues really are their hardships you know, what, what is that? What do they, what do they have troubles with and how might you be able to help them? Even if you can't help them, you know, you might be able to help them by finding somebody else or plugging them into someone else that's more appropriate for them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, to me, I'm a problem solver. I would put myself in that cubby hole every, any day of the week yeah. <laughs> as a problem solver. And I'm, I'm looking for solutions for my clients all the time. What, what does that look like? So even if they're not a client, I'm still trying to help them figure out what it is that's the best fit for them. What's the next best decision you can make in your, in, in your business to keep moving yourself forward? So, that's what I, that's what I try to do. So I, I can totally connect with where you were because I was so there. <laughs> it is, and it's, it got to the stage, it, it took a great learning curve for me because I went from, I went in and I suppose if I look back, I was maybe a bit big headed because I was trying I was trying to shine in groups so I say oh I've worked for this company I work for that and then I got a couple of nudges nudges saying you are scaring people you're (laughs) you're trying to sell your experience and for them they think the first thing when you say some of the companies you've worked for they think well we can't afford her because she's worked for a massive blue chip company and so I went completely the other way I started doing everything for free because I thought, well, I've got to do this. I need to get brand new testimonies. People need to say I'm great. But if I'm doing it for free, I completely took away all credibility I had. I lost my confidence because I was thinking, well, I'm giving it away for free. And I resented that. And well, it- and I think that I think the value proposition isn't there anymore, yeah. right? You've, you've stripped that away by having a zero fee, right? No fee. That, that, yeah, it's, and people don't have skin, skin in the game now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they can choose to not show up, which then it's, it's, it's a downward spiral from there. Right. And this is where I learned. And I suddenly stepped back and I got, it took some real soul searching and I thought, no, it's not me. It's I'm mixing with the wrong type of people. It's almost like I went with people that I was connected with on 
almost a friend basis and they were never going to be my clients because they were that was the wrong crowd and I suddenly started thinking no stretch see where you're going start to find they say now the terminology find your tribe but it's actually Mm -hmm. finding those right people that connect with you that resonate with you at such a level that when you do speak they think yes I get that you're the person I need for that and likewise like you said when you listen to what your client or customer wants and maybe you're not the right fit, but you find someone for them, they will remember you because they've connected, you've connected them. And as they grow, and then they need your skills, they're going to come back to you because they're grateful for what you've done. And that was a massive life lesson for me to learn. It really was. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Samantha talks about our avatars. So what, you know, who is your avatar and describe that person in detail, give them a name and go after them. (laughs) That's because that's who you should be targeting. That's who you should be talking to in, say, in your podcast or in in your social posts. Um, Those are the and your marketing materials. Those are the those are the attributes that that you're really searching for. And you're searching to connect to that and have a connection a personal connection with that individual person. They might be replicated across some industries or maybe industry specific, whatever that is and whatever fits you the best, that's how you need to connect. Definitely. And if I take it back to the whole International Women's Day piece as well, we could have many listeners that are at different stages of their career. They might not have even started their career. And I'd say now we've got two generations that have grown up using social media, being used to share all their life on a social channel. But doing that for pleasure as opposed to business is a completely different thing. So although, yes, people have these key skills, it's understanding that when you use it in business, it is completely different. And almost saying, what can we learn from that and how can we go forward? I mean, also, like I said before, when you've got prices and you go at different levels and experience, how often on social media you can be undercut by someone because they've just started in the game. So they're going to go in at a really cheap rate and you come in and it might be two or three times higher or even more than what they're saying. And to justify to people what it is and you cannot be experienced, but it's explaining that and understanding it. I mean, what would you say to someone just on that ladder? How would you approach that now? I think from that perspective, I would play on the experience factor and make sure that, again, you're connecting to your avatar. So if you're, does your avatar value experience? Or do they value price? What 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 do they value? And once you, you you decide where you're going to go, and it's value the experience. I think in your case, make sure that you're connecting with those people who value that, so that your price in you know, your price is not the first priority. From them, it's your they value your experience over price. Somebody who's valuing price over experience, that's more in the commodity level. 
So that is a, that's a different conversation and that's a different, uh, I would call it marketing approach because you're leading with price, right? You're not leading with the value that you're presenting to them. And I think Samantha, if she listens to when she does listen to this, she'll (laughs) hopefully she'll be so proud of me, (laughs) but I, I really do think that that is the case. And I, I, I know in my experience, connecting with with the right people for the right reasons always trumps the price, Yeah. right? I mean, price becomes secondary to that conversation about, um, you know, for us, it's, it's very high value in a trust sense because we're dealing with people's finances, obviously. So uh, it's trust and confidence and um, expertise and relationship and being able to communicate certain things that are really tough. Um, you know, if you say, you know, you really shouldn't be spending on that. it's it's kind of a tough conversation to have with a business owner that, you know, it puts up a priority on certain things, right? So you have to kind of mm, take it down a couple notches and not be in your face. I mean, you can be in their face, but I I think you'd lose a little bit of credibility that way. Um, You'd also lose some of of your influence, right? And we don't want that. We want to maintain our credibility. We want to maintain our influence with those people who value what we bring to them. And it's not, like I said, prices is down the list. I don't even want to say secondary because hopefully it's further down the list than, you know, just being in the second position. For me, you, you heard me say trust, confidence, value, relationship. I mean, all of those things are top of list. Prices. Yeah. Now, price, does price enter into the equation? Yeah, absolutely it does. But it's not the the sole driver of the decision to buy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And this is just listening to your knowledge as you're speaking and you're sharing with us. It's so wonderful because that's what I'd say to anyone listening, no matter where they are in their career. Because when when I've done podcasts and radio shows and when I say to people, where are you? Use your transferable skills because this Mm. new norm is so weird and it makes you... But then I think it could be used and adapted for quite a lot going forward. People have found a lot of companies will find that if their staff are working from home, their overheads on renting office space is mm-hmm. cheaper. And as long as they, and like you said, when you said, yes, I'm used to be, if I work with a client, I'm there, I'm the first one in the office because I want to show that they're getting, if they're paying a high rate for me, they are getting me from early morning right to the end of the day. For me, it means I'm bringing my hourly rate down because I do over and above. But you literally, you want to be seen that you're there. When people are working at home, yes, there's lots of tech gadgets that they can see. That whether, like, if you're looking at Microsoft Office or something, if you're working on the chat and it suddenly says you're away, if you wave the mouse about, but it says that you're there again. But people are watching that. You'll find the IT team will see how often the mouse goes to sleep if someone's working from home. Mm-hmm. But see, things like that, as long as companies feel happy and they can trust their employees to do the work from home, and I think people are learning to change that, 
I think that could become the norm because it helps with mental health, that you don't have the pressure of the commute. But then it's saying, how do you actually connect? I mean, yes, we're speaking from opposite sides of the world. And it could be that we were just sat over a table sharing a, a drink or something and just having a conversation. But it is you forget that you like I'm talking with my hands. All right, we're going to share the video. But I do this so often with a podcast. And of course, the listeners can't see any of that whatsoever. I did the same. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's so. But where would you say that this this COVID-19 for a whole year that the world has gone mad? Where do you see that taking us? I know it's gone slightly off subject, but I just thought it no, with this conversation. Not at all. So I'll, 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 I'll hit two points. So for me, my, my COVID journey, <laughs> um, co- the lockdown journey, um, was kind of an awakening. So um, the, the universe told me early on in the pandemic because of what I was picking up on social media, what was coming to me and it was sticking with me and really irritating me. It was, it was forcing me to leap into action. It was, uh, and the universe was telling me, Patty, there, there are so many people that are panicked out there. They're, they don't know what to do with their business. They need to hear a voice of reason. Yeah. So what I embarked on was six weeks of, daily two minute videos and they were one shot videos, meaning there was no editing. (laughs) There was no nothing. It was me and my iPhone, (laughs) uh, you know, talking to my iPhone and doing an interview basically of, of topics that were very relevant at the time to calm people down and try to help them make the next best decision for their business, understanding that we're going to get out of this at some point in time. So what do you need to do today to position yourself? Just one decision to position yourself to get to the other side so that you make it to the other side. And so I literally did that five days a week Every morning, I'd do a two-minute video. I'd put it on either Facebook or LinkedIn or both. LinkedIn, I got I got to around, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks in. But it's one of those things where Samantha, my marketing genius, was has been after me, had been after me for two years to do video. <laughs> well, it only took a pandemic <laughs> and the universe to come down on and sit on my shoulders so hard, you know, that it was like, okay, it's burden. I I need to, I need to get on this. So that's that's one of my, you know, one of my personal reactions to this. But I think longer term, I think the the total, the, the totality of all of this is lending a hand to changes in how we work. To your point, lower overhead, right? Because maybe we cut back on the amount of you know uh, space that we rent for our business that we lease. Um, it's more reliant on technology. So heaven forbid the internet goes out. Um, but I think it's 
also lending a, um, or I call it a, lending some credibility, dare I say it, credibility to the folks who do work from home. Yeah. Right? Because people through this pandemic have been forced to, all right, you're locked down, go, go figure it out and do it fast. But some of us who have been using Zoom, you know, we, we started using Zoom before Zoom was cool. (laughs) Um, We've been doing this for a long time. We know how to do it. Um, We've got systems in place. We've got people who are trained. We understand how to do this. So we, I think, had a leg up And I think it also, that whole situation that everybody was forced to either deal with or be in kind of changed people's mindsets as it related to working from home. All of a sudden, it legitimized (laughs) to a, a degree working from home. It can be done and it can be done effectively and efficiently and cost cost effectively as well. Yeah. So those are my, I, I call those my two COVID takeaways to the two lockdown takeaways. Um, you know, one was personal, one was more, you know, uh, on, a, on a global setting, um, I think. And, and I know that's, and, and to me, my observations were here, just here in the States, so I think on, on your side of the pond, you, you might have seen that too, maybe? Yep, definitely, definitely. I think, I think the first two weeks, maybe the first month, I went into like mass panic and we'd have like, um, every time the news was on, I'd look avidly and hear all these things and I'd be terrified. And I've got a couple of underlying conditions. I've got diabetes. So to begin with, we were supposed to, shield that was it so I thought right I'm not going out the house I'm going to panic and that's it and then I thought no give your head a shake sit back you work with technology you do digital comms you can help people and then suddenly I started to fly because I used that I I started doing live events like you said it's surprising when you said about doing the videos I went onto Facebook and I went live and I started talking about different things and saying this is where you can help and suddenly all these people were flocking and listening to me because I was the audience. I was the speaker they wanted because I had a way out. I had a way of showing them that, yes, like we look at the shops, like we said, taking bricks and mortar, taking it online. And a lot of discussions have been had that this was happening anyway with Amazon and things like that. But the pandemic has just speeded that up. And it's seen... Will people change? Will they go back? I I don't know. I mean, I saw a survey on LinkedIn recently where they said, will you wear a mask after everything's okay?" And I thought, actually, yes, I might, because I'm still going to be slightly worried. I might not worry quite so much. But it. I mean, we've seen in some of the Asian countries, they wear masks if they've got a cold or something. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's that's that is almost a practice that everyone should start to learn because is this going to go away or is it just going to be something that we have um, a an injection to cover it that we know that we're actually going to have that and we're going to have to have that every year and if right. we don't have it 
the fear's still going to be there. So, yes, from where you've said, it's showing from a business perspective, see what you have in front of you and you learn to pivot. You take your skills and you transfer them to help in that and just see where you can. And I think that's the lesson we can teach any any woman, no matter what stage they are in their career. For International Women's Day, we just teach people, take your transferable skills, move them, pivot and go with whatever the universe throws at you. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. As a matter of fact, you know, we've learned right over at least the past year, year now, right? We're, we're almost, we're there. Um, we're knocking on the doorstep of a year, but we've, we've seen that and we've seen the incredible ability of people, like you said, to pivot, but to take the lemons that were being handed and make lemonades, figure figure it out, right? It's a it's a huge opportunity to get creative, to show our our ingenuity and the way that we can, you know, make things better or do things better, right? We still get it done, right? Get her done. Um, we we'll figure it out. Yeah, and it's I think that's a lovely example to just give to anyone that's starting their career. Or like we said, it could be that someone's midway between their career and they're in what they thought was a safe role and suddenly it's gone under and they've got a redundancy payout or something. But that's when they could that's where they could start their dream. They could do like you and I have done and we say, no, we're going to work for ourselves. Take that that nest egg and say, right, we will invest that and you'd be the perfect person to suggest with that and how to actually put in place and what to move forward. What would you recommend if you could say maybe three key things that you said to some saw someone in that position, what would you recommend to them? A, you mean a business owner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I have I've recalibrated my um, my savings uh, scenario that business owners need to have. I used to say three months worth of expenses saved up. We're up to six now. Let's let's say six. Okay. So I'm doubling it because we've seen what's happened with the pandemic, right? Yeah. And the second thing I challenge. Um, business owners and entrepreneurs to understand about their business is understand your BAMs. And BAMs are bare bleep, minimums, bare minimums, right? They're your bare minimums for spending. All right. What are your bare minimums that you can get by? And I, this was one of the two minute talks. I can't call them TED talks, but I call them two minute talks, like my little two minute talks. That was one of them that, you know, I was throwing out some things that business owners could do right now to help stabilize their, their companies and stabilize their business and protect their cash. Right. Because it was all about at that time is all about protecting your cash, right. Protect your nest egg. Um, And the third thing is, you know, hire the right people for the right reasons. Don't just willy nilly hire or don't don't hire just because you feel um, an attachment to somebody like, oh, they've been, you know, doing this or doing that. And I really want to. No, 
No. Do you have a, a, a describe a role described? Do you have a, you know, do you know how much it's going to cost? Right. Are you ready to take on those expenses? Are you ready for that person to bring their genius? Right. And you should be hiring for genius. Right. Don't hire just because they're nice. Yeah. That's, that's one attribute. <laughs> it's an important attribute, but don't let it be the only or the first attribute, right? So they need to bring their genius to you. It has to be a well-rounded package. <laughs> so hire carefully. I, I, I know people that say um, uh, s- slow to hire, fast to fire. So the slow to hire part is the careful part. So do it judiciously, um, but do it intentionally. So those are the things that I, I, I recommend to business owners. And I know that's kind of more HR-ish, but there's a cost (laughs) and there's a big cost, a big financial cost, um, as well as a time cost in business. If you're not hiring, um, and onboarding the right people for your business at that point in time. Yep. And that I would completely echo now. I don't know. Most people that listen to my podcast will know I have a favourite word. It begins with S and it's called synchronicities. Mm. And what you've just said there has brought up massive synchronicities for me. When I'm in corporate, yeah, I'm a communication specialist, but I cover all areas. And I fell into the HR um, recruitment side where I would look at their strategy about how they'd engage and write that and oversee. And we had exactly that problem in one of the central government departments here in the UK. And they wanted to move everything to digital. And they thought, oh, yes, it's great. They're going to go out and advertise. Little knowing that their brand everyone hated what they stood for they had and they got and they were trying to get the expertise from private sector to come in to work in government and take a drop in pay but they wanted to have it that they came because they were infused and they wanted to give back and they go through all this rigmarole we write it all out and we get the right people applying six months later they'd be gone because everything they'd said as the brand and what they communicated, when it actually came to being part of the company, it didn't reflect what they'd been told. All Everything we'd done, the massive push that this is it, this is wonderful. And yet they'd got like key directors that would be the, um, the thought leader in the area and be the profile that everyone would follow. But then they'd come in and you speak to other employees and it was an unhappy workforce and you don't, that wasn't shared. And it's amazing how people, it doesn't seem like it's a communication or any other area. You think of it as just HR and yes, you're you're recruiting people in, but that is a big step and cost wise, because if you can't keep that fantastic employee past six months all the work and effort you've put in you have to do all over again and that is quite a hard lesson for people to learn precisely you you're exactly right with that it is and it's little things i don't know if you've dealt with it with a um a software piece an online platform called Glassdoor. we use it a lot in the uk and i hadn't heard of it until i went and worked with an hr 
department and Glassdoor is like a social platform that employees and ex-employees write testimonials about where they've worked and we had we were looking at the diversity angle we had this fantastic female um, CEO or reasonably high I think it was high C-suite director coming in they were through to their second interview and she pulled out and they said Mm. but why and she says I've read on Glassdoor I've seen the outgoing employees and what they've said and why they left and that and the ripples that sent through all of the government departments and anyone I spoke to because they weren't aware of what what people said and then I said to them I said right we need a good employee value proposition piece we want the employers the employees to be the spokesperson they are the advocates for your brand and if you can't get someone engaged in that you don't know when you speak to someone you don't know where that's going to hit they might have someone in their in their family that is looking to change roles and you're saying oh yes it's great I love where I work and they think right I'm going to look at that or you say oh oh it was rubbish today they didn't help me with that I don't feel appreciated and that message then sends that about the brand And that was a very hard lesson to learn. And I still think a lot of companies don't realise. And likewise, when you're going in suggesting things, it's putting the budget in the right place to realise. And if your brand isn't strong enough, no matter how hard you try, you will not not get the right people in as as future employees. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think for and for that reason, I think Glassdoor is a wonderful tool. Now, hopefully, people aren't vindictive, right? That yeah. put their comments on there um, because obviously that can that can be really harmful to businesses that are on the up and up. But I do think having visit as a as a candidate having that having visibility into those that feedback yeah. ahead of interviewing with a company yeah. never had that back back in the day that, that was just word of mouth you know and once people were in the only time you would ever get that kind of information is maybe maybe from a recruiter yeah. right there were there were no boards like that so i mean it's 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 good to have it. And especially if you have a really good culture in, in, you know, in, inside your company, then you should have positive review, you know, positive f- feedback, yeah. positive reviews on that, that, you know, will only help to fuel and let's get back to marketing, attract the perfect <laughs> employee, right? It's all about attracting either the perfect client or the perfect employee for in, in, in this in this situation. So I think that is very powerful. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, companies, hopefully companies have enough awareness of this, especially in their, in the larger companies with their HR departments that, you know, they are focused in on the things that are being, and the feedback, maybe some negative feedback or maybe less than less positive than they would like it to be about that. So it, it it might not be off the charts positive. It might be just slightly positive. And they look at that and go, you know what, we can improve that. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally, totally agree. And it's lovely to hear that because it is almost, I think, anywhere in business, 
it's being prepared to take the feedback and react to it in a positive way. So even if it does seem negative to you, take the lessons learned and do something about it. It's a, a realising just what you can do. And I think that that impacts anywhere where you are in the career. I mean, I found as I got older, I hit a certain peak and then suddenly I can remember, like I said, going for a contract and one of the recruiters messaged me. I had to send my passport as a form of ID. And he said to me, I've seen your age on there. You haven't got very long left in this. And I'm thinking, get oh my. I could have had him <laughs> struck, um, struck off for that. And he said, I've looked at your age. And it it was discrimination. But you can't yeah. say that. And I'm thinking, but I've got life and business experience that is tenfold. You need you need to find somebody else. Go out, that that tells that that's the universe telling you go elsewhere. Yeah. There are other people that need you that you need to you need to connect with. This guy, this individual not worth connecting. They need to be in the rear view in your rear view mirror. Exactly. Just keep moving on. But it does it, it's be yeah. it's learning is where you learn to take that and it can come at any level of your career. But right. then I thought, like we we were saying earlier, when I said about this difference and being the right tribe, and then I think I I I try, I try and get on with everyone, but then you suddenly have to realise you're not a good fit for everyone, and they're not a good fit for you. But learn and roll with it, because the people that do fit, that's when life becomes fantastic. Be it work, play, anything, that's what makes life really sing. Because and that's what you're and that's what you're making space for yeah. right there. Yeah. That's what you're making space for is those people to show up in your life that you're going to be, you know, connecting with that you're you are the, the solution for that them and their the current situation that they find themselves in. Now, this is what I'm going to touch on. I mean, anyone you see, I'm terrible. I'm really into law of attraction. And this is what everything you've said here, where we've mentioned universe and everything. One little thing I'm going to add, I see it as like this triangle that you put out there, you put your vision, you put your goals or whatever what you want. You put it out to the universe source, whatever you think. And then you have to do the work to get to that. You don't. Most people, when they start law of attraction, they think, oh, they're going to ask and suddenly they're going to wake up in the morning and they're going to win the lottery and it all works. But it doesn't work like that. It's it's that whole vibration. You put the work in, you say what you want, you put the work in and you create that vacuum because you've done the work and you've cleared those blocks. And suddenly the universe thinks, oh, I've heard her talking about this. She keeps mentioning that word and everything. And it fills that vacuum with all the good things that you've been putting on your gratitude, what you've planned, what you've put on your vision. And that's where it gets to, like we were saying, you get to a certain vibration and that's when you bring all the right people into your life. You make the right connections and suddenly you don't realise and suddenly they're there and they're coming to you. You're not even having to chase it. And they're saying, oh, I'd like to work with you. Oh, I love what you said there. And suddenly just one word and that's that's law of attraction. And that's what I absolutely love. <laughs> And that's exactly what's happening with your calendar filling up, my friend, my new friend, with with your pearls of wisdom 
and and delivering all of the positive vibrations that you've you have, yeah. and they've they've trickled out. They've they've uh, what what is it the the um, concentric circles of just dipping your toe in the water that has gone out and come back to you sevenfold. <laughs> Right. Who knew who knew it was going to be this wildly successful? You were going to connect with people like me. I I I never met Pearl. I've not not been introduced. I I don't know Pearl. And you know what? I love Pearl. I love Pearls of Wisdom. I, I love what you do. I love the vibration you're sending. And I, I love being here with you today. This is this is totally awesome. Thank you so much. And it's I mean. You've you've heard some of the messages I've been saying to all the lovely ladies in the group, and I can't keep the excitement out of my voice. I'm like a big kid sometimes, and I'm, I get all excited. I share with everyone, and then I come off, and I think that didn't sound that professional. But I'm trying to be professional, but I'm excited. But you're authentic. Yeah, you are authentic. So you are authentically you, delivering your pearls of wisdom and your enthusiasm for it to. All who listen. Yeah. And that and that is Pearl Cox. Why thank you so much. And this is why I'm so glad that you and I have connected because it is it is the universe bringing us together because we have something that we can help each other on. We connect those synchronicities that I love to talk about. And there's so much. And I suppose as well, there there's a very special person that I connected with on LinkedIn. And I put the post out about saying, come and do interviews. And his his name is Bernie Floresca. Now, I don't know if you know Bernie. Uh, Bernie I do. I do yeah. know. I do know him. Yes. And we are we are connected. Yes, yes, we are connected. Yes. And it's Bernie that ran with my suggestion. And he brought so many people. And literally, I only put this request out last week. And we are over 70 strong in the group. To, and these are empowering women, real powerhouses at the top of their tree in everything they're doing. And to it's any, fabulous. It isn't to anyone listening, wherever they are on their career, those pearls of wisdom, those nuggets of gold, they are getting that from, from the very top. And this is what's so special. And it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And the things I can see, the future where people will collaborate because we've connected personality wise and we can say right yes we can support in different things and it's gone global it's really yes. it's, and that's exciting and this is if nothing else that's the message that everyone should take from these podcasts this is what you can do when you're excited and you vibrate at the right level that you bring everyone that thinks like you works like you and it just we create wonderful things. Absolutely. Don't think the don't think it's impossible because anything is possible. Definitely, definitely. Now I've just seen the time, so I'm gonna end with one last question. I could talk to you all day long. I'm terrible. And me as well. Now I, I said to you, because it's International Women's Day, every year they have a different theme. And the theme for this year is choose to challenge. Can I ask you, Patty, what would you say? What do you understand by the meaning of that choose to challenge? What do you challenge and where do you see it fits in your life? Sure. 
So to me, choose to challenge is right in line with what I have challenged myself to do with my business, which is to mentor women, to lift up women wherever they are in their careers, and to create opportunities that meet them where they are and that support them where they are in their career. So, and, and, and I want to do that because some of those, and I, I spoke about that earlier, some of those things weren't made available to me, yeah. or I learned along the way that, gee, if I had my own company, I wouldn't do that, or I would want to do that. So I'm trying to flip that script such that I can make those opportunities available to women. So that choose to challenge, I take it and internalize it as a challenge to me in my business as to how I can fulfill and uplift those to, to all, all women that I come in contact with, be it people on my staff, on my team, people on the client side, I mean, let's not forget them, people in my life right? And people in not only my community, because we're a virtual team, we're impacting where my team members are located and their communities, which are spread out throughout the U.S. So that's my um, interpretation of the choose to challenge and how I am embracing it. Oh, this is wonderful. And this is why I know, I mean, this synchronicities again you've almost said word for word exactly how it's how I feel that choose to challenge means to me because it is I'm challenging myself in ways that I can help women to achieve no matter where they are in their career and it's it's just wonderful you just put it so much better than I could (laughs) it it took me a lot it took me a lot more words though Oh, this is absolutely wonderful, Patty. I'm going to draw this this podcast episode to a close, but I'm going to ask you now, would you please come back and be a regular guest? Because you've got so much information to share. I'd love to interview again and, and just see just what you could share with us, please. Oh, absolutely. I'd be very honoured to do that. And it'd be my a privilege and my pleasure. I thank you so much. So thank you, Patty. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.